This is chapter two. Look at this real quickly here. We we uh, we I left off two weeks ago with um, you know developing an extraordinary oneness uh, in the marriage. So I'm just taking a swig of this. Put this down for a second. Um, so I just want to talk about that. Just finish that lesson here this morning, and then Lord willing, uh, next week. See what I got in my notes for next week. We'll be talking about uh, extraordinary love that builds a Christian home, and we're just talking about the Christian home and how to build, basically how to build a home. And uh, so, anyway, well, we're just talking about uh, a couple weeks ago about developing oneness. And so, uh, Genesis chapter two, and look at verse number uh, 20, 24. We had a wedding here yesterday, and a couple got married, and uh, I quoted verse number 23, uh, where it says that uh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And uh, you've heard me say it before, but it's kind of funny. That Adam looked at Eve and said, uh, oh, man, this is, this, is a, this is a beautiful creation, man, for these guys. <laughs> Anyhow, I got a few struggles in the wedding yesterday, too, but uh, anyway, you got a new one, Steve. Thanks, brother. Um, the Bible says an unstable man, you know, uh, so I don't, I don't want to be unstable, that's for sure. Um, just double-minded and all of that. Anyway, thank you very much. Um, anyhow, so now look at verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. That's the whole goal. And we talked about the weaving together, we talked about the cleaving together, we talked about the leaving, the cleaving, the weaving. Now, it talks about continuing that, that we, we talked about the openness and also the oneness in verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And, uh, you know, in the beginning of creation, God had instituted the very first thing was, the first institution was marriage. And he developed, made it to be very, very open. And of course, we're all married couples here. And it just says that they were naked and not ashamed, which means they were very transparent with each other. Uh, they were very open until sin came and sin cursed the entire thing. And of course, they covered themselves because they realized that, oh, this is an embarrassment or we don't want to be as open or exposed as we were because sin has now corrupted their minds. Sin has now corrupted their life. And uh, so as a result, the natural uh, fight or the natural struggle in a marriage is this matter of open. It's not just physically, but just in every area as far as communication, as far as honesty, transparency. And so we talked about a lot of that last time uh, as far as openness and whatnot. So we said really in, in marriage, uh, we have to have a commitment to being open. And uh, I call it being hot, honest, open, transparent. I want to have a hot marriage, you know, honest, open, and transparent. And so, <clears throat> very important. Uh, intimacy and oneness cannot exist without openness. And so this matter of being a one together, this matter of being unified together. Uh, so anyway, so we said this. Here's a few hindrances to openness. We said number one was selfishness. Uh, selfishness. I see it's on the screen there, so I appreciate that. But selfishness. And uh, we talked about that for a little while. Uh, it's a matter of... Uh, it being all about me, he gave Philippians 2 3 there. And uh, this, I would say, probably out of all the interests, this is, well, one of the most uh, devastating is when somebody's in a relationship. Here's the thing, too. 
You don't, you don't even realize it. We'll, we'll study Adam and Eve. When Eve ate that fruit, she didn't realize right away that, oh, this is going to my marriage. Uh, she, didn't realize, she didn't realize that right off the bat that this is going to devastate the you know, entire human race uh, because of her selfishness that she wanted to be as God as, as Satan had deceived her. So anyhow, I just was thinking about that. And, and oftentimes in a relationship, you don't even realize. Sometimes in my relationship with my wife, I don't, I don't even realize sometimes how selfish you are. Uh, you just don't even see it. Uh, until you step back a little bit and say, wait a minute, um, I'm kind of being selfish. Uh, it is kind of like always my my drink or you know my plates or you know my food uh, that's my side of the closet or you know whatever and you don't realize that you know just those little <laughs> things like that and um, so but we this this is just the review number two we said insecurity this is a very big one this matter of being insecure and we talk about being accepted in the beloved and how important these things are. Um, not everybody struggles with it, but I would say a lot of people struggle with insecurity. How many? How many would just say? Just I'm just us right here. Morning, so how many would say that um, there's a little bit you have? If you have ever struggled being insecure in your life, you raise your hand. My hand up. Yeah. So that spills into the marital relationship as well. And, and I'm not going to take time to review all of this, but uh, so just understanding the hindrances of the openness and the oneness. Uh, letter C in that is this, competition. Competition. Um, very big, big thing about competition is uh, it's devastating to the spouse. If, if, if they're insecure, which leads to this matter of competition, to think, you know, uh, the affirmation that they need to understand that there is nobody else, there is another option. I'm not looking around for another girl or for another guy or whatever. Uh, not on the internet, not in the chat rooms, not on the Cincinnati, and uh, keeping that open, keeping that um, uh, very, very affirmed that there is nobody else. And so, now listen, depending on where you're at in your marriage, depending on how many years, my wife and I will be celebrating 20 years, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, wow. Um, I said to my wife the other day, we were on a vacation, I said, Nikki, if you had to... Uh, do this all over again. One year. If you had to do this all over again, would you marry me? <laughs> now I was expecting a resounding, absolutely <laughs> positive. I mean, my expectations were very high on this question. <laughs> I just thought for sure, talk to Eric, how you guys going? Uh, good, good. I just thought for sure that uh, this is going to be like a, you know, and she said, well, let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> let me consider these things, you know. So, so after a period of time, you know, there, there are things that are coming to the marriage. You need to understand, in the beginning of the marriage, we all have to realize that first year, congratulations, first year, uh, or seven years, 20 years, or however many years everybody is at, um, it is a especially in the first five, I would say that this is a very, very important thing to really affirm your spouse. Uh, because if there's any insecurities, they're going to be always in the back of the mind. It could be that some measure of doubt. could be a measure of, you know, what's, who's he talking to today or who's, who's she talking to today. And especially if there's been anything that's hurt the, 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 especially in their childhood, there's been abuse, if there's been sexual abuse, if there's been anything there 
that has really created doubts uh, in their life of, of anybody or experience in anybody. You really have to take some time to make sure you affirm and ground that relationship that she knows, he knows, which means that simple, simple things really like this. You know, every hour, texting the spouse. Hey, just want to say I love you today. Uh, just call throughout the day. Just check in, just touch in base. Uh, you know, if you're a guy uh, and you're work driven and whatnot, but you just got married or personally married, those might, those might be some good things to do just to kind of touch base and just reaffirm uh, throughout the day. Just um, my wife and I, we, we 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 were dating before cell phones were coming out, you know. And uh, so we didn't have the texting thing and the emailing thing to your to your hip, you know, or to your pocket. Uh, so we had the old write the notes candy gram. When I say candy gram, is anybody here old enough to know what a candy gram is? Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm gonna call it. I say candy gram. You know? Okay. So what it is is they would make a big poster. They write a big letter on there. They put different ideas, like you know, you're my what you would call it. The people what you would call it. You know. And uh, so I can't wait to see you now and later. See the now and later in there. You know, so it's called candy gram. Anyway, it's, to you it's like what? Well, so it's like way out there. But <laughs> anyway, but that's that was the thing back in our day. Okay, poster marker candy. Um, anyhow, so she'd make me candy gram for her day to you know how much she loved me. And I was the best in the world until she really found out I wasn't. And uh, anyway, so <clears throat> and we said, um, you know, we don't want our marriage to get old. And, uh, and so. My wife, that's too long ago. She made me candy gram. That was so nice. So I, and I used to write her handwritten letters, you know, and hide them in different places, you know, and she, you know, have to like look for or whatever. So I send a little letter, stuff in her pillow, you know, and I know where she puts her hand in, you know, and all that. And so, uh, anyway, just, just, I want to keep, keep affirming her. And even using the old tactics sometimes helps, you know, to kind of go back into the way it, it was started and whatnot. But boy, just make sure that he or she knows there is no competition. Uh, letter D, unmet needs and expectations. Unmet needs and expectations. And I think this is where I left off, am I correct? I think I did not finish this point, so I want to finish this point. Go to First Peter chapter three, if you will. First Peter chapter three and uh, verse number seven. See, don't forget, give me the five minute, you know, real. It's a ministry. So. All right, First Peter chapter 3, and uh, verse number 7, it says this. Well, verse number 6, I actually like verse number 6 a lot. My wife doesn't like it, but I love it. Uh, verse number 6, it says this. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him, <laughs> I just love that part, calling him Lord. Now, can you believe that? Sarah calls Abraham what's crazy. Whose daughters ye are, and as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Now watch this verse number seven. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, which is your wives, according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Wow. And so I realize that I'm going to go into this relationship. Um, that I'm going to give honor to her. Now, she's supposed to call me Lord. Anyway, we won't go there. Uh, happy Father's Day, by the way, uh, to all the guys. Um, but I realize that when I don't, that my prayers could be hindered as a, as a father or as a husband, uh, as a Christian. If I don't give 
honor to the wife is weaker vessel. If I don't render her that type of thing, which means this, I don't have any expectations. Uh, I don't want to go into a relationship and thinking, okay, this is, you know, they say in Disney World, this is where dreams come true. Yeah. And so when you got married, you have all these Disney World fairy tales that the end of the story is, and they live happily ever after. And this is so beautiful. You go to the wedding ceremony, and the thing's so decorated. She's so beautifully in white. He's so handsome, strikingly, just beautiful, masculine figure. He's about 10 years, and the Battle of the Bulge comes in, you know, and all those things. But it's amazing. Thing. And uh, so you see all this beautiful thing. The preacher's up there talking so well about them. And this is the best couple we've ever seen in our church. And he's so wonderful. And she's so wonderful. And you guys just have a great life. And, you know, oh, I said it like every one of your marriages, too. And uh, just have a great life. And then, you know, the fanfare thing, you know, the kiss. And, and uh, you know, it used to be rice. Now it's bubbles. And now it's like brick or something. Get over it. Anyway. But then it doesn't take very long. And uh, it's, you know, match made in heaven. And I realize that uh, heaven comes down to earth every once in a while and reality sets in and things are not the way that you might have expected them to be. And wow. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do here? And so the husband is to give her his honor. The husband is to give her respect. The husband does not have any expectations. The wife is, doesn't have any expectations to say this. I'm just going to enter this in this relationship. We're going to talk about it in a little bit about the helps of, of openness. Uh, but I'm going to enter this relationship and just giving her everything, all that I can. Even if she treats me like trash, even if he treats me like trash, we enter this relationship with commitment, with a vow that until uh, death do us part, uh, or some would say until death does us part. Uh, you get a lot of problems after this. Um, and so, but at the end of the day, we made that commitment. At the end of the day, we made that vow. And uh, we are living day and age where even, I think the state of Pennsylvania just, just changed it this year that uh, somebody can file within, uh, within 90 days. But it used to be two years. And so the, the world is just making it so easy to just, we're just incompatible. You know, it just doesn't work for me. Um, so just, I want you to fight that trend in your, in your home. Uh, as we would say, take that D word, instead of, you know, the D word uh, out of the dictionary, take it out of Google, take it out of YouTube, take it out of whatever, take it out of all your search engines, take it out of other things, uh, because we have made a commitment. So, uh, but one of the things that will hinder that openness, hinder that commitment is, if I have these false, if I have any expectations, I just want to take it as, this is the way the Lord made that person. And so here's some help. So let me get into this real quickly. Uh, letter A. <clears throat> it's not on there because I hadn't got to it. Just got off vacation. So anyway, letter A. Uh, acceptance. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Look at this real quickly. And that is this matter of acceptance. And so, um, acceptance. Hebrews 13. And most of you probably already quoted, but I want you to look at this real quick. Um, now, actually, verse number four talks about marriage and, talk, and it ties it together. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. So, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content. Now, here's a key phrase there be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, Jesus, 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so understanding in this context of marriage, uh, he says, I want your conversation to be without covetousness. Don't be wanting or desiring things and be content with such things as you have. There's two applications here in this passage. And one is that is this, uh, be content with your marriage and who you have. Uh, and also but be content with just having Jesus. And so this matter of acceptance, I just want to accept that this is the way that it is. And it's going to be this way for the rest of my life. I'm going to accept what God has given to me. We established this a few lessons ago in that matter of uh, this is a marriage that God has given to me. What God has to join together, let not man put asunder, which means if God put my relationship together, even if you don't believe it was God's will at the time, in God's foreknowledge, he knew that you would be married to this person today. And so I have to take it by the foreknowledge and sovereignty of God that God knew I was going to marry this person, even if I wasn't saved then, or even if I wasn't right with God then, all those excuses are out the window because of foreknowledge of God. And so he says that, listen, as a result of this, now this is a holy union now because you are learning things about God, learning the word of God and whatnot. And so that's very, very exciting. Now, he says, I want you to be content with this, uh, with such things as you have. <clears throat> be content with the job that you have. Uh, the little amount of money that you might be having, you know, that you think you might have, because uh, everybody wants more. Uh, with the, the living situation that you're in, uh, regardless of whatever it is, everybody wants a bigger, better, better, or whatever. Uh, but be content with that. Uh, be content with the spouse. Be content with uh, all the areas of your relationship, including the intimate part. Be content and talk about the bedding undefiled, and be content with those things. And every spouse wants to make it better for the other spouse, obviously. But I can't control her, and she can't control me, and you can't control. We want, I want this person to be. If he would just change this, it would just solve a whole marriage problem. That's not acceptance. That's not what the Bible is teaching about being content with such things as you have. Godliness with contentment, the Bible says, is great gain. To understand this, if I live my life with Jesus Christ, I'm content with Jesus Christ. He will then give me. The desires of my heart in my marriage, and it might not be just changing him, it's going to be God changing my heart uh, to accept what he has allowed me to have. God's going to change your spouse's or your husband or your wife's heart uh, that she will accept the bum that God has given to her. And just praise God for her. Amen. And so that this, this key of acceptance is very, very important to understand. Uh, this is the will of God to understand that this is going to help openness. And so I will accept that, okay, this is who God has given to me. And so I want to develop that now, starting to be open with this, my spouse. And there's a lot of uh, underground, let me just talk for a second. There's a lot of underground problems that I deal with in my office. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of couples, a lot of people, a lot of singles that have sexual sins. Or sex stuff. Can I say this? That um, uh, we, in, in many cases, not all, but in many cases, uh, there are so many deep hurts and deep wounds in marriages that it's easier <clears throat> to bury them than to open them. It's easy, and the longer you get married, the, the more you have baggage, we call it. Uh, or hurts, words that were said, actions that were done, sins that were committed. And it's very easy just to bury them. So you know what, let's just, let's just move on, forget that. Sometimes, you know, timing is right, and sometimes it's necessary to 
discuss those issues because what happens is when that gets suffocated for a long time, well, guess what? That root that we bury is going to spring up again. The Bible talks about Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews 2, 12. That root of bitterness is spring up, trouble you, uh, and thereby may be defiled. So I realize that it's going to eventually come up. And so before it pops its ugly head up, I might need to just go back in and deep roots. And so say, hey, listen, David, just sit here for a second. And uh, again, in a timely manner, okay, I know she's cool, okay? How many of you know that it's not a good time? Okay. Uh, so, now look, I have what they call the look. Okay, so, the look comes from men too. Uh, not just women, uh, but it comes from men. And there are times I give my wife the look, right? It's a matter of acceptance. Um, number two, and that is yielding. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. And um, if you ever sit in, in my premarital counseling, this will be, this is one of the verses that I use in opening up the whole series of lessons uh, in the premarital. But Ephesians 5, verse 21 says this, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another uh, <clears throat> in the fear of God. Now, before we get to the wife submit in the very next verse, and before we get to the, head, the husband as the head, and we're going to get to those things after a while, before we get to all that, the very first thing that starts, that is the premise for the foundation of a marital relationship is submitting yourselves one to another. So here's the thing. In a relationship, and there's another thing we use in that is this, how much... Now, I mean, I'm going to upset David's been a couple of points. If you have not sat in my premarital counseling, you can raise your hand. But how, who here thinks, um, how much, okay, let's just say there's 100% in the marriage. How much of that 100% should the husband give? And how much of that 100% should the wife give in this matter of submission? You know, who should give in more or equal 
or whatever. So, story is just always good. Boy, you, you are a female captain. You know the so. The key word, okay, travel. Correct. Good. I get up. Does good. Sometimes it's a narrow door. The bow tie gives it all. It gives, it gives it away, Travis. Uh, but both of them are So what does that mean? So half the time, most, here's, here's the common answer. 50 That's the common answer. Because I kind of trick the question to say, how much out of 100%? But you stole it and said 200%, Anyway, uh, so the common answer is 50-50, but the truth of the matter is that means this, half the time I have, I have to yield, half the time she has to yield. And so then it's a battle of which half does she yield and which half does, what does he yield to. But the 100% means this, I should in my heart want to not only accept what God has given to me and accept him and her and try to establish this relationship, but to help, to help to openness and develop openness and which then also creates the oneness is I'm going to yield into her desires as she is to yield to my desires. Now, for this old German block stubborn head here, it's very hard for, for a guy like me to, uh, to just always yield. Like, you know what? I know, I know what to do here. You know what? And it's your fault. Your kids, it's all your fault. I'm the only one who does things right around here. And the young, you know, you learn something. That's easy for me to say that in my flesh. But I realize how wrong I am. And I realize that. Um, it, it's very, very hard. And I don't know if I, if I can speak for men in general, but guys, if you can resonate with this, it's very hard for me to see it from a woman's point of view. Am I on the island here? You guys don't care what I'm saying? Okay, thank you. Um, <coughs> I can say that my wife's not here, but y'all have all time saying yes. <laughs> anyway, but it's very hard. Let me just say, on my wife's behalf, because my wife and I talked about this, it's very hard for a lady to see it from a man's point of view. And they're like, Sometimes she wants to say, she does it sometimes, she wants to say, you jerk. You all, all you ever do is see it your way. All you ever do is just think about you, think about the sin. The truth of the matter is, God has given my wife and given ladies a phenomenal intuition, given them great discretion, given them great reasoning, and I will say this, given them a great spiritual insight too, to a lot of things in life. And I've, 20 years, I'm learning things. How to capitalize on my wife's spiritual insights. Trying to capitalize on what God has made. Because obviously God made her for me to help me. If I ignore that help, shame on me. And if I don't treat her in honor of her, as the Bible talks about, my prayers are hindered, shame on me. And so I'll do all I can as a husband to make sure that I am getting and yielding as much as I can uh, and to make sure that I'm yielding. Same by person. Ladies, God's given you a husband uh, because he is the head. He is the spiritual leader of the home. And so you have to yield to him. And so this, here's what it ought to be, and that is this. Instead of a fight about, no, we shouldn't buy that, you know, leather sofa. And yes, we sh- no, we shouldn't buy that for sure. No, we shouldn't buy this and that. Um, but we shouldn't buy all those things. It ought to be a fight over. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Do what you want. So far. The local reporter. Yeah, do what you want. Oh, no, 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 no. I insist. No, no. You you, you want the fabric. I want the leather, but get the fabric. No, no, no. No, no, no. It ought to be fight over yielding. My wife, uh, we had a good vacation. Put on vacation, cruise the 
So we like to stay in these, you know, we got two teenage kids, we like to stay up in a little one bedroom or two bedroom thing, you know, whatever. And so they used to come to the refrigerator, all right? And so we bring food and we cook, you know, there's a little stove top there in the middle of the kitchenette thing and all that stuff. So, um, so I like to cook, you know, save money, whatever. And uh, quite honestly, I don't want to cook over, you know, restaurants, except for no way Jose's a guy. But I'm a restaurant. My wife loves it anyway. But as a result of the small refrigerator and food being limited, she says, well, I'm sorry, only, everybody can only just get one pork chop today. One pork chop? I got a 17-year-old teenage boy who's four of them, right? <laughs> and uh, my 15-year-old daughter is going like a weed in it. She's a, she's a hoss. I mean, she can hog it in. That's kind of amazing. She's as skinny as a rail. How does that happen? You know, I'm a, I'm a 42-year-old, you know, I, I can eat. And my wife, she's the only one that doesn't, you know? And so, anyway, I'm thinking to myself, we're not eating tonight. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I realized, okay, my wife knows what she's doing. And, uh, and quite honestly, my kids were cool with it. They wanted to eat more, but they were cool with it. So they hauled out on microwave popcorn and cheeses and all that stuff. But, but they were cool with it. And I was the only one that had a problem. I thought to myself, so this, this, this kid here needs meals and wine, and that's what the desires are. And so we, we uh, added him to be sure agreement that I got two and they all got half. So it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the, the yielding, very important. Number three, as far as the helps, and then we'll be done with this. This is, I believe, the last one. Yeah, we'll Okay, this is a big one. And that is the appreciating. The help, the helping to openness is when the when spouse feels accepted, when the spouse feels like you're yielding and to develop this oneness, but also it's when to help the openness is the, the, the feeling appreciated. Mark Twain said this, I can live for a good solid month on one good compliment. I can live for a good solid month on one good compliment. Uh, if you look at Proverbs chapter 15 verse 24, I'm going to read it because I, I got to get over here. But Proverbs 15 4 says this, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. And so the Bible says, death and life from the power of the tongue. And so I realized that I can give death to my marriage or I can give life to my marriage simply by my tongue. Uh, simply by a wholesome tongue, it produces a tree of life. And so I want my spouse to feel appreciated. One of the ways she's going to, do, or he's going to do that, is by simply complimenting, encouraging, affirming. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. What does that mean? Uh, Solomon's painting a beautiful picture of a marriage or of a relationship when it's something is said at the right time, at the right place, in the right way. When something is said the right way, and it's feel appreciated. <laughs> It makes a big, big difference. Maybe you were raised in a home where I love you were very rare. Maybe you were raised in a home where you could do nothing right. Maybe you were raised in a home where you did not feel appreciated. Nobody really said, hey, good job on getting that D in school, you know, because uh, that was the best you could get. No, it's always how it's stupid or dumb, or, you know, you never finished the job right, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're like that, be very hard for you to communicate appreciation because it's not it was not taught to you. you you were not ingrained in that so you have to really discipline yourself and train yourself to say it's so easy for me even to walk into a situation and say okay listen this is what's trash uh there's, there's dirt all over this place i mean so many of you this you know whatever uh very because my eyes you know but as opposed to yeah, I really appreciate somebody put this carpet down. If you ever put the carpet down, right, Dan? You ever put that carpet down? It's a lot of work. 
because if it does go down, I know it's trapped, and it's going to be a lot of work. So I have to get the, the positives and so the negatives and everything. In everything, there is a positive in both cases. Uh, and so I have to focus on that positive and appreciate over and over again, uh, express that. I cannot tell you what's going to help the communication in, your, in, in any relationship, but especially the marriage, when the spouse feels. Now listen, he has to or she has to feel appreciated. It's not a matter of what you think, how you think. Yeah, I said I loved her at the wedding day. That's good enough. It's been 20 years. Or whatever. She should know that. 20 years ago, that's where I loved her. Because you're not going to throw her She can do that often. And she needs to know not just I love you and I, and I, I love you for your body or I love her. No, no. I love you for who you are. I love you because of your wonderful personality. I love that you're always encouraging. I love you that you're, you're cheerful. I love you that uh, because of. You know, you, you do a great job in the house. You do a great job cooking. You do great, more than guys. After a while, ladies get tired of all those sexual comments, but they they do feed on how wonderful they as a person are. Vice versa, ladies. The guy wants to hear how strong he is. The guy wants to hear how hard he works. The guy wants to hear how great of a job he does to bring in the the bacon. Okay. Uh, as you cook the bacon. Uh, he wants to hear about how great of a job, and he wants to be confident, especially about his work ethic, especially about what he can do. Uh, whatever his trade is, uh, if it's heads, if it's if it's graphic design, if it's you know working in a factory somewhere, oh, I, oh, oh, so you know, I bet you there ain't nobody working hard as me in that factory over at that, uh, you know, uh, freight business or, or whatever it is. And understand this, uh, most things go a long way. It can really develop, uh, uh, even if there's issues in the relationship, when that spouse feels appreciated, man, it makes a big difference. And so that, that the words that helps to open that. And now what you're, what, what we typically do is say, uh, it's so easy to just see all the negatives. It's so easy to see, uh, man, she, he don't do this and she don't do this, and we can focus on those things all day long. But let me encourage all, every one of us to of this, accept, yield, Appreciate and think about okay, how can what are some things that I know are positive that I can really express even today, Father's Day, I express to my you know to my husband today or express to my wife today, and then the next week we're going to be getting into the uh, old the Christian home. Uh, talk about the home for a little while. I hope this is a help to you as far as the extraordinary oneness, developing that strength in the bond of marriage. We pray help us this morning. Thanks so much for your love to us. Lord, I pray to encourage our us couples, Lord, we continue to develop that oneness and that bond. And we're so grateful. I think of all the couples, Lord, that are away today. And Lord, I pray to bless them and help them. Lord, thank you for all these folks that are here today. And Lord, as we live our lives this week, as we strive and we talk about some sensitive matters, but yet, Lord Jesus, I believe it's so important that we need to address these things to help develop strength, unity, and oneness. Lord, in our marriages, that we would stay married, stay rock solid, and Lord, that there would be no other. And so we just give you all the praise and the good for it. In Jesus' name, amen.